0: Listening to the CIPD podcast series.
1: We all know how important first impressions are, but for far too many people, inductions are little more than a quick tour of the coffee machine, the loose, and the fire exits, before being issued with an employee handbook and shown to their desk. What a missed opportunity. As the start of what could be a long and rewarding relationship between employee and employer it really is essential to get that relationship off to the best possible start with a truly excellent induction. Paul Turner is an author and academic who's given a great deal of thought to inductions and he believes they're a unique moment for both sides. One of the new approaches, if you like, to
2: induction is the fact that it's become more of a two-way process. So whereas before it was more about organisational identity, this is what we are as an organisation where inductees were seen more as an audience. I think now it's about personal identity, less of an audience, more of a community. So we want to get feedback as well. We want to find out with new employees what they can contribute to the organisation. So in the past, it may have been where induction, after the induction process, I received my T-shirt with the organisation's name on it. I think in future, the T-shirt will have my name on it as an employee as well as the organisation
1: inductions are a great opportunity for hr to get creative along with face-to-face contact many organizations make tech and multimedia a central part of the mix with great results especially when their workforce is very large or very diverse here's paul turner again nowadays
2: organizations aren't the traditional hierarchy one-site organizations they could be global multi-site The nature of employment means that people could work part-time, some people could work from home, work remotely. So how do we engage those in the induction process? And I think um, technology is a great way of doing
1: that. Technology can be used to help unify the process when you're inducting different types of people into your business. As an added bonus, combining technology and social media can help you initiate a good relationship with new employees even before they join. Here's Paul Turner. The use of social media in uh, every aspect
2: of people management has really grown in the last year or two years. And I think it's a very valuable contributor to the induction process. Some people say that um, induction is about making people feel welcome on the first day. I think it's really it should start before then. It should start with the offer letter, if you like. Using technology and social media in particular to engage people before they actually
1: step into reception, I think is a really great way of uh, helping to induct. United Coffee, now known as UCC Coffee, provides coffee machines, beans and other coffee products to a wide range of customers from big commercial clients to independent businesses and individuals. It's one organisation that's engaging with new starters even before they walk in the door. Naomi Godwin is HR advisor for UCC. She told me how their induction process works.
3: The induction process is quite key to the first point of contact with any new starter in the business and it's quite critical that that first point of contact is actually the one that tells them who we are, what we love and how we work. So we rejigged the new starter process so that when new starters are offered they get a call from the HR director to give them the offer. So actually the verbal offer comes direct from the top. Nice. They then get their offer pack, which we have a culture pack in there, which gives them samples of our coffee. We have samples for tea, biscuits, USB stick with a little welcome box There's lots of new starter information on that. Um, And then before they start, there's quite a lot of contact with the HR department so that they feel that, not that they're loved, but feel that they're part of the organisation already.
1: And you call them the
3: day before they join, don't you? We do. Which I think is
1: a really nice thing. We do,
3: yes. And we get an awful lot of really good feedback um, about the culture pack and about the first day call.
1: A good induction might start before day one, but the process should continue well beyond the first day too. Here's Paul Turner again. It's
2: possible, I think, to look at induction in three kind of stages. I think first of is what we might call operational induction. That is the, the basic things we have to do to get somebody into the organisation. That can be anything from a payroll number to an email address to a desk or a workstation. The second part, I think, is, is more orientation. Who are the people I work with? What does the organisation look like? What are its values, beliefs and so on? And I think the third thing is onboarding. That's a, a term that's increasingly used now. Onboarding is a longer process. It's the process that embraces all of the operational induction orientation, but it makes sure we, it isn't just a one-off hit, that people come in, they, they see the chief executive or watch a video and then that's it. It's a process over time. The conventional wisdom suggests that uh, there's a 90-day period in which we can kind of really engage employees. And so, therefore, it's, it's worth uh, looking at the idea of a 30-, 60-, 90-day onboarding plan where we can have regular reviews, regular dialogue, and it has to be two-way if we're going to engage as a community rather than an audience. The three-month onboarding review is one way of ensuring that continuity, but even beyond that, even
1: six months and even a year, so that we can make sure it's a process rather than an event. I asked UCC's Naomi Godwin how their induction process plays into onboarding and what kind of results they're seeing from it.
3: So as part of their induction, employees are told that they are able to allocate any training courses that are on the performance management system. We've got over 360 online courses that vary from computer programming all the way through to Not quite flower arranging, but, um, you know, that they're quite fun, That they're quite entertaining. Um, And people can just opt in. Absolutely. It doesn't matter what their job role is. If they want to do a course, it's there for the taking. There's no cost to them. They can do it in their own time.
1: So it's all very transparent, the path from where people are when they start to their next stage and where they might go. We
3: have, over the last sort of six months, we've put in place bronze learning paths, we call them. One for line managers, one for employees. So line managers have specific courses that they need to do which are all related to line management and employees do courses that are um, customer service it's it's all those sorts of courses that that are crucial to their role really Um, so from day one they're they're allowed to do any courses that they want on on that system actually even before they start they have access to the system before they start Um, so as part of their offer pack they get their passwords they get the link and what we call a consolidated guide to the system so they're not just waiting for us to tell them how to use the system that's interesting because i mean they're really bound in before they've been walked through the door yes so for you i can see
1: how all that plays into performance what about things like engagement retention are you seeing
3: wins there from this Absolutely we have data on this we've actually been doing 360 surveys which um, are direct questions linked to line managers performance from employees so they can feed back to their line managers what they like what they don't like what their line manager's good at what they're not so good at um, for us um, looking at our engagement scores our engagement so- score is 69 percent compared to the industry average of 36 percent absolutely we could be better but it's it's a really good score BBC
1: Worldwide is a diverse organisation employing around 2,500 people globally, with 65% here in the UK and the rest in around 30 other countries. Anna Charleston is head of HR operations there and she talked to me about the challenges they face when it comes to inductions. I think the biggest challenge is how do we design something
0: which is fit for purpose for everyone from a cultural perspective, particularly internationally where the BBC brand just isn't really well known. I think it's very easy for UK new starters to have a good understanding about our parent company, the BBC, But if you're brought up and living abroad, the licence fee payer, the actual remit of the BBC isn't that familiar to you. So our challenge was really how do we create something which sticks with our UK audience, our new starters, but also can be adapted
1: for our sort of local global requirements. I asked Anna Charleston how BBC Worldwide set about tackling this.
0: Originally, we had a very basic, what we call a Monday induction, and that's all new starters used to get. And it was really sort of hit and miss whether our, our local sort of champions, our induction champions, delivered anything internationally or not. But because what we were doing was taking people from reception and literally taking them into a room and almost, in a way, sheep dipping them in information we thought they needed. Um, after a couple of months, we realised that, you know, all we were getting were glazed looks. They weren't taking anything in it's at slightly all. Slightly panicked. Yeah. And um, all they were thinking about was, you know, what's my manager going to be like? Where am I sitting? There was really there was no engagement at all. So what we decided to do was um, do something quite different um, and start engaging with them from the time they first received their job offer. So we worked with um, a small company called One Fish, Two Fish on trying to design the programme Um, and they came in and sort of looked at our culture and thought what would really work. We've got fantastic brands, fantastic television programmes which we're immersed in on a day-to-day basis. How could we make the induction sort of stick and be engaging and more of an experience rather than sort of um, a deluge of information being passed to new starters? So how we designed it was that from the time someone received their job offer, um, they receive an email from our chief executive officer welcoming them, um, giving them links to videos, to um, corporate information about the company, and also supplying some anecdotes from other new starters internationally. Okay. So we've got UK version plus also an international version. What we also did is we created a bit of a cartoon-like animation video for our managers um, to help them with the soft skills required to actually make a a new starter feel welcome and then what we do in the UK is that we do what we call just a Monday morning meet and greet so when new starters come into um, the reception we bring them out to a room really just to make them feel welcome we give them very very basic information just to help them get started like for example their login how to use the phones um, and also orientation around the building we then don't do anything else until the end of the first month because what we want to do is to help them sort of settle in to get them a bit of a context about their role and the company and then offer them sort of quite unique sort of induction day. How we do that internationally is it's not a day but it's a lot shorter and we have sort of induction champions in, um, in the overseas offices and they have taken sort of the basic format of our induction day but adapted it so it really sort of sticks locally, so it makes much more sense.
1: So in a similar way to UCC, BBC Worldwide has found that beginning the induction of new starters before they enter the building on day one has been of huge benefit to employees and the organisation. The formal induction day at BBC Worldwide usually takes place at the end of the first month, and Anna explained how it works. We've based it
0: around very much... Our content and our brand so it's an experience for a new starter so it helps them start to think about where they are where they fit and how they contribute and about building their network not only with people within the team but their wider network outside their business area in other regions um, and how they contribute. Um, BBC Worldwide commercially exploits um, BBC programs and those of indies. It's quite a diverse um, company. You can be involved in consumer products. You could be involved in television sales. You could be involved in channels. So it was really about getting people to find out where they where they sit within the business. That may, for example, be in the legal team or finance, wherever, and um and how they sort of build their network, how they contribute to the overall sort of aim and vision of BBC worldwide. And so what we do is we start off, we dim the lights, and we've actually got quite a sort of inspiring, people-focused film, which is sort of a montage of people from across the company. It's quite an inspiring film so it really sort of creates quite a bit of excitement in the room and a bit of a buzz and then we make sure our inductions are facilitated by either a member of HR plus also a member of the business. doesn't need to be someone who's senior but someone who is from outside the corporate area who either is in sales or channels wherever it may be so they can give their own insight and we have a rotation. We also do a lot of exercises based on um, a family which we call William and Wendy family, the BBC Worldwide family. And it's group exercises where they're given sort of pictures of these people doing certain activities which you just see normal audiences or consumers doing. And they have to try and guess which business areas contribute to those pictures. And it it starts to build up a picture
1: Give me of example.
0: Um, what might be um, Wendy we might have sitting in... Um, in New York and she's watching Dancing with the Stars on BBC America Channel and so it gets them to start thinking about our production arm in in LA Productions, BBC America, how we perhaps distribute that programme but none of this is us telling them, they have to come up with the answers. We also have a Sherlock Holmes exercise where they have to start thinking creatively and commercially about Sherlock Holmes Um, and they have to pitch to us, Uh, we, we pretend we're part of the independent production company and they have to pitch ideas to us in groups for great ways for them to commercially exploit Sherlock Holmes. There's lots of little exercises we do. We also have um, members of our executive board come to talk about the strategy and locally we get members of our global leadership team to come in and to the small groups internationally and talk about the strategy.
1: So BBC Worldwide are using their induction day as an opportunity to immerse new starters in their brand identity, as well as the many different facets of the business. And putting the brand at the heart of your thinking when designing your induction process is vital. Here's academic and author Paul Turner again. Firstly, the alignment
2: of everything we do in HR should be with the strategy of the company. That's the first point. But I think the employer brand and the employee value proposition will include elements in there about how we induct, how we engage our employees into the organisation, how we provide them with the skills, training, learning opportunities,
1: all of those things. So the tone and the style and all those things, setting aside, as you say, issues around compliance, all that should align with your brand as well? Absolutely.
2: If the brand is not aligned with the actuality, then it won't last very long and we'll only attract people in the the short term. So I think if our, our brand, our employer brand, should reflect... What we are as an organisation, as an employer, as an, uh, of the organisation, and
1: part of that is how we integrate people into the organisation. Mercer is a global human resources consultancy firm specialising in talent, investments, retirement, and health. They have twenty thousand people around the world with about three thousand here in the UK. Nicole Black is their UK market manager. And she told me why they recently decided to revamp their induction process.
4: I think it would be fair to say it was very PowerPoint heavy. Um, so a lot of telling and not much interaction. Okay. And obviously with a big complex business, it is difficult to try and create something that is engaging that people from all across the different business lines and different levels can use and understand um, and keep their interest and engagement through that.
1: An induction session at Mercer typically involves around 30 new starters. They'll be welcomed by someone from the market leadership team who introduces them to the company and the ways they can make the most of their career at Mercer. Then the newcomers take part in networking activities and icebreakers and cover some essential compliance basics. After that, the bulk of the induction revolves around a brand new tool called the Big Picture. I've seen this big picture, and it literally is a big picture, isn't it? It (laughs) is. is. A huge poster that goes on the wall. Very colourful. Describe it for
4: me. The big picture itself is a big picture. It's probably about a metre and a half by a metre. It's very colourful, very bold, and I guess the best way that I can describe it is it's a visual representation, a drawing of our strategy and of the things that are important to Mercer and, and for colleagues to know about. Nicole told me more about
1: how the big picture works.
4: We start off by getting people into groups. Um, We we actually lay it on the table face down so people don't quite know what they're in for. And then we we get initial reactions, turn it over, get initial reactions. um, And then very quickly we go into section one, which is all about our vision, where we're going. Um, It covers key things like our mission and our vision and um, our values. And it also brings out some of the key focus areas for the business over the next five years but it's not a telling thing it's very much self-directed learning so we get each person in the group which is typically between eight to ten colleagues and they go through a series of different activities reading out cards discussing things as they go along and so it's much more engaging than kind of listening to someone talk about the content.
1: This induction method is a brand new innovation for Mercer. And when I met Nicole, they'd just launched the big picture idea. So it's early days, but I asked her how people had engaged with it so far and what Mercer is hoping to achieve.
4: It was probably... By about eight minutes in that we really saw people engage and and that was when we put down an activity that kind of had a whole heap of different statements about our company and some numbers that we needed to get them to put in to fill in the blanks right um and so that immediately we like a bit of competition we want to get things right and you've got colleagues from different areas who have different pieces of knowledge they start working on this together and suddenly they're engaged with it and the content material and really thinking about actually, how many clients do we have and and those types of things, rather than just telling them.
1: So this half day, I mean, from what you're telling me, there's a whole range of activities and it's collaborative and it's, you know, it's great. People walk out with a picture of the organisation and where they fit and what you're trying to do. What else are you trying to give them? I mean, what would you feel would be a successful outcome of it?
4: You know, some of the challenges that we have as a business is we do have different lines of business within our organisation. So making sure that people really understand what Mercer does across the lines of business, not just the one that I happen to work in. So it's really anti-silo. Absolutely. Yeah. And increasingly to solve the issues of our clients, we need to work together and getting that outside in, you know, how does our client actually think about the issues they're facing and therefore, how can we best help them rather than the other way around, which is you know we have these capabilities and solutions, what can we sell <laughs> um, so that's really important, so I think that that's a definite key thing. I think the other thing is for people to really see that we are an exciting business to be in. We do have good growth potential and a plan of how we're going to get there, and that actually everyone has a role and I think you know what these materials do is really make that clear, give people a chance to unpack it and um, you know come away feeling, you know, I have joined a company that knows where it's going and with good prospects for growth.
1: Some great and inspiring examples there of firms using innovation, creativity and tech to make new employees feel welcome and to get the maximum return from their induction days. But does a one-size-fits-all approach work for every new starter? I asked Anna Charleston, head of HR operations for BBC Worldwide, if they'd had to adapt their inductions to accommodate more senior joiners.
0: So what we do for our senior executives, we invite them to our induction day. They also go to the public service upfront, But we also give them um, an executive induction pack, which is taken through with one of our either senior learning and development um, managers or one of the HR business partners. And it's a pack that they can sort of carry around with them and complete, but it's very much about them trying to establish their network quite early on. Um, and because there are so many people at the BBC, particularly with our executives, they need to establish their connections over in the public service, and this just gives them a bit of a guide. So it's a useful tool for them, but it's very much them in the driving seat. So it's psychologically slightly different experience for them?
1: Yeah, it is, but they
0: still come to the induction day as well.
1: So induction is a complex and subtle business that can have a significant impact on staff retention and engagement. With that in mind, I asked academic and author Paul Turner if he thinks businesses are taking it seriously enough. I think there is a recognition now
2: that the link between good induction and onboarding and longer-term engagement is there, and I think that recognition is coming through now. Today, if you look at the the kind of priorities or areas of focus for HR professionals in the last few years, inevitably, it's been about talent and talent management, and that has um, manifested itself in the focus on the employer brand, the employee value proposition, use of social media to attract talent and so on. So I think the recognition of the need for the organisation to portray very positive um, brand to the labour market is recognised. And I think also, once in the organisation, the links between line management and good employee engagement are now recognised. But I think it's that period in between, from when people actually join to when they're fully up and running, that we're now realising is as important. And therefore, I think that explains why onboarding is becoming, uh, is getting a higher profile now than, than maybe in the past. Because the recognition of the relationship between good induction and onboarding and long-term engagement is now coming to the fore. And I think, therefore, it's very important that we, that we uh, do get to grips with this.
1: I mean, this raises the question of measuring, doesn't it? How do you measure the outcomes of the way you're inducting people?
2: Well, I mean, there are some, there are some basic measures. Labour turnover, for example. Now, research um, recently has shown that something like 25 or 30% of first-year employees leave. That's, very, that's way above the average turnover for most, most organisations. And some other research I saw that was that 50% of employees leave some organisations in the first 18 months. So we've got a simple measure for our induction and onboarding success. Can we reduce the labour turnover um, in the first year of employment, for example? And we can start with a benchmark and and work from that. Um, And we can calculate that through to have uh, cost-benefit advantages as well. I think we do have to measure the um, induction onboarding progress, because if we're going to invest in it, then we're going to have to show some
1: return. So where should you start if you're beginning to think that you should refresh the inductions process at your organisation? Well, here are Nicole Black's tips based on what she's learned from doing just that at Mercer.
4: Well a couple of things is obviously finding out from the people who've gone through it um, what they think. That's been a really key part of what we've done. Um, we always ask for feedback and that's an ongoing process but I also would encourage people to think outside the box a little bit and to look around and see what other companies are doing, what's out there and I think it's fair to say that this is very different for Mercer. You know we are very traditional in terms of doing things on PowerPoint decks and things like that. This is something new, but that's also why it's exciting for our people to be involved in and it gets attention. So I think they they would be really important aspects.
1: That's it for this month. Next time, we'll be taking another look at what HR can learn from neuroscience. Now, you may remember that last September, our podcast featured neuroleadership expert David Rock in conversation with CIPD's Chief Executive, Peter Cheese. Next month, we'll hear what neuroscience can teach us about how insight and intuition can help to generate bright ideas and build really innovative organisations. It's fascinating stuff. Join me then. You've been listening to the CIPD Podcast Series.